0: You see any of the uh, footage from Takeoff's funeral? Can we just get back to fighting? Throw hands. Can we just duke it out? There's something about being punched in the face. It's like a clarity. You just think about life differently. Like, okay, where? What am I doing? What's up? There's. It's nice. We could start like a therapeutical- like a
1: therapeutic fight club. You'll feel way better. All right, one fight. more time. Fight club coming soon. Coming soon. We are back for another episode of the One More Time Show. Last week was so fire, we decided to run it back. We're like, oh, that went okay. Maybe we'll try it again. Henry, who's this week's uh, episode sponsored by? Oh,
0: this week's episode actually sponsored by Coke Zero. Uh, Step into a Coke Zero. I don't think that's their slogan. but Who's our contact over at Coke? Uh, Mark. (laughs) Okay, Mark. Mark's been very good to
1: us. (laughs) How can I forget?
0: Pays on time, uh, sends us, you know, free cases. We love you guys over there at Coke Zero. So, fuck Diet Coke. Oh, I hit the Rampage button. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> so you're
1: fresh in town
0: off a wedding. Just got back from Athens, indeed. How did it go? It was good. Um, It was good. It was a fun time. Congrats to Paul and Lindsay. Love you guys. I, um, I think I fell on the dance floor. Oh, no. Is what I'm told. It's what you're told. So, yeah, I mean, I was in bed by 11. Like, I drank, but it wasn't too bad. But when I woke up, my head was hurting more than just a hangover, you know? And then I was told that... This is how it was described to me. Shout out my friend Jordan. He said, um, the physics were way off. Somehow my feet went backwards and my body went forward. Oh Lord. And it was like a faceplant type of situation. So ouch. Yeah. I'm kind of hurting today.
1: So my first question is, was it a live band or a DJ? DJ. What kind of hits was he playing? Um, or some of the classics? It was
0: basically like, it's one of those where, you know, the older folks, you know, you start off with the classics. The older hits, you know, and then the older folks kind of go to bed <laughs> and it gets progressively more ratchet as the night goes on. Is that when your that, alleged concussion happened? Allegedly, that is when it was definitely in the ratchet set Wow, from the DJ. You should probably see a doctor about this. Yeah, we'll see how I feel tomorrow.
1: Yeah, but for sure.
0: How do you feel about weddings, though? Because I feel like I turned 30 last year and I never really even been to weddings. And as soon as I turned 30, it's like, holy shit. Now that I've, I've been to like four weddings, five weddings this year. So did you buy a tux or have you been renting? I bought the first tux that I've ever bought. Um, about, How'd you look? About two hours before I left for the wedding. God, talk about procrastination. <laughs> I looked clean, man. Did yeah. you see my
1: story? I think I missed it. Oh, man. I didn't set up notifications for your, for your stories. <laughs> we'll put an overlay of me wearing the tux down here oh, Lord. somewhere. <laughs> oh, Lord. So in other news, if you're a 2K player, mm-hmm. Jack Harlow and J. Cole are playable characters in the NBA 2K23. They actually dropped like an alternate uh, cover with J. Cole on, he's like on the
0: cover of the 2K game. It's pretty tight. That's fire. Yeah. I love that. Love that for him.
1: What do you think
0: it is that NBA is doing with that? Just tapping into, you know, just combining music and sports. I think a lot of people are fans of music and sports. So, you know, it's something that people are going to talk about as we're doing right now. Yeah, sure. So it's working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Check. The sales are going up (laughs) because everyone's obviously watching the one more time show.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think I think you're right in that I know when I was like playing video games back in the day, you know, whether it was FIFA or, you know, NBA two K, whatever it was, like the soundtrack was a big deal. For sure. The music is very like intertwined into like the culture of the game. Absolutely. And I think that for them to take it a step further and like integrate like culture into the Playable characters, like I thought that was pretty genius. I love it.
0: yeah no, that's a great move by them yeah. for sure. Because I mean, yeah, music and sports are always. Every rapper wants to be a baller, and every baller wants to be a rapper. So, facts. There you go. Um, did you see? Did um, see any of the uh, footage from Takeoff's funeral at State Farm? It looked like quite the event. Man.
1: I did, and and I think I've talked about this before, but my dad, who's not a fan of hip hop or rap at all, really he still finds a way to like hit me up when like big things in the culture are happening. So he calls me and I'm like, Oh Christ, what is this? He's like, Hey man, like, did you go to the memorial? And, and I had no idea what he was talking about. I thought it was like, did we, did I miss like a family member, like a family friend? He was like, yeah, yeah, no take, know, off. take off, you know, from the Migos. That's crazy. Like, Cause that's crazy. Cause
0: my dad need too. like my dad asked me about something that had happened and I didn't know that it happened. And he's like, are you living under a rock? Did you even know Takeoff died? And I was like, <laughs> what? My dad was throwing, throwing shade. Shit. Yeah, you kind of was throwing shade at me, but I was like, Yes, I did hear about Takeoff.
1: Yeah, no, I I didn't make it, but you know, rest in peace to takeoff. I mean Absolutely. I, I will say this. I don't know if this is like the Debbie Downer in me, right? But it, it's also one of those things where I see social media just like blowing up where people are like speaking on him and like a lot of the people that came out and said nice words and, and, and you know, and that sort of thing. I feel a
0: poem. Yeah,
1: it did have a genuine connection to him probably, sure. right? But man, the amount of just like. Taking advantage of it for clout. Thoughts and prayers. It's annoying. Where it's like, bro. Yeah. Your life moved on the second that you posted that. Yeah. It, it kind of gets to me, man.
0: That's of That's kind of where we're at these days, you know, thoughts and prayers. Like you summed it up right there yeah you know, it's as soon as it happens it's it's a clout move for sure
1: yeah like the amount of time it took you to type thoughts and prayers was a, basically the amount of time that you thought, thought about, about this it. thing happening and your life completely moved on afterwards also
0: because it happens so damn much now too which is super sad thing in hip-hop we could talk about that for hours but like
1: that was a, a big one though. there's
0: a toxic culture man with like the gun violence man
1: and i thought the craziest part was that like clearly you know they were reporting on how it happened at first and then it comes out i think that it was like stray bullets that weren't even like directed towards him and his behavior at all or anything right like it was just completely wrong place wrong time type of shit which like really saddens me you know what i mean it's like shout out to my boy jarius he's working on a project
0: um, talking about gun violence he summed it up perfectly can we just get back to fighting throw hands can we just duke it out we don't have to ruin any lives when when someone dies that person's Family and their friends, their lives are ruined. The person who did it, you're getting arrested, you're going to jail forever. Your life is ruined. Your friends and family, their lives are ruined. You're you, just fucking throw hands, man. What happened to good old fashioned? And most people feel better after fighting. You get that release, were, and then it's I mean, over.
1: I mean, were you a fighter back in the day, though? Like, I got into a couple fights. Yeah, you did? Yeah, I only have like two to my name. Two, not yep. probably like in the uh, 7 to 10 range. Okay, wow. Yeah. What's your record, would
0: you say? Well, probably like a 50-50 if I'm being real. it <laughs> might be like 60-40 in my favor,
1: maybe, if I'm being real. Of my two, I'd say one was just like with a friend where like just shit got out of control. We started throwing hands. I think it was probably drunken, you know, sure. you know shenanigans, right? The other one was with a rando that was just like college town shit. We're belligerent. He's talking smack for no reason. I start, you know, just acting like I'm the man and whatever. And And I actually like- Dropped him, like, nice. significantly in the middle of, like, the college town. Like, it was actually really, a, it was a proud moment I mine. feel bad uh, doing the gunshot <laughs> sound defender. <laughs> I thought, we were, I thought we were just throwing hands, Henry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, but I'm not a fighter. As, as you can tell, two fights in my whole 31 years of living, like, yeah. what, one with a friend, For sure. really doesn't even count.
0: But I think if it ever, like, if, if it did ever escalate, you know, I think a good fight, there's something about being punched in the face. It's like a clarity, you know? talk about like post nut clarity <laughs> is there something about there's being punched in the face like okay you just think about life different. like okay where what am I doing what's up there's it's nice like I think more people could we need we could start like a therapeutical company like,
1: like a therapeutical fight club where we just punch yeah
0: it's like a fight club
1: like an anger management type just, of just get punched in the after face school
0: activity you'll feel way better
1: yeah I, I don't know if yeah. it's like me not liking confrontation me being a pacifist, me being, a you know, weak. <laughs> I was literally, I was going to go there. Me being, you know, weaker yeah. than most. Like, I, I'm i not sure what it is that like has kind of made me avoid those types of situations over the years. But yeah, I've had friends that are just like serious fighters where it was like, bro, you're fighting at every party we go to. And like I at this don't point, you're, lo- you're looking for a fight. Yeah, I don't know how it yeah. actually ends up that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess it's the pent-up aggression though. I think that if there was a like controlled format, like a fight club, for example, I think that would actually work. Seriously. I swear there's something to the fight club. All right. One more time. Fight club coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah. It's
0: our next event. We've done ciphers. Yeah. I'll ref it, but now we're getting into fight club.
1: Yeah. Did you see, um,
0: the whole like Twitter verification, Twitter blue craziness that's happening, bro. You could, you, and it's already like been canceled (laughs) because it was as quick as it started. It's over. It's over. Eight bucks a month. You get a blue check. Elon, That was not a good idea. How many people took advantage, did they say? All the trolls jumped on it. And that's why it didn't work is because people were, you know, you put a profile picture of young boy, (laughs) you know, and you got a blue check and you start hitting people up.
1: Wow. People place that much value on the blue check as far as like just believing whatever the fuck is being sold. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, damn. Eight bucks a month is, you know, for that type of influence. I'm I'm trying to just think of like, if a blue checker, (laughs) blue checker, if a blue checker hit me up. Asking for assumedly like money or whatever these people were getting like duped for, right? Yes. I'm trying to think like, would I Dude, fall I mean, victim? I've talked to people who have ran like marketing
0: strategies, you know, for people that are verified like big people. And some of their strategies are just like view random people's stories, like random people's posts. And that's all they do just because, so, you know, the average person sees that a blue checker liked their shit or saw their story. And they immediately, now they're looking into that person, you know, maybe they follow them. And then that's just, just simple acts of that. There's a lot of power in the blue check.
1: There is, but to take it as far as like that, I understand to take it as far as like that blue checker hits you up, asking for your social security number (laughs) and you're just like, take it, bro. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. There's gullible people out here, man. Damn. Yeah. It's tough. That's rough. Yeah. I'm not sure that I would fall, you know, victim to that, to be honest. So, one thing I, I uh, you know, saw on the internet recently was this whole concept of, like, no idea is a bad idea and that, like, when you're a manager specifically, and, you know, I love looking at other managers talk about, like, how to best manage and, like, best practices, whatever. They talked about how, like, reiterating and, like, reinforcing and just beating to a pulp to, like, the creatives that you work with that there's no idea is a bad idea type of, like, mentality. That's what's going to get, like, their creative juices flowing. They're not going to be scared to, you know bring ideas to the table despite how like outlandish they might be. You know, we talked about this off camera, I think with Wiley from Atlanta um, who was in for an interview recently. And I shout think, out Wiley, yeah, shout out Wiley, bro. Super dope artist. Go we check love him out. Wiley man. Check yeah, him out for sure. But like, you know, me talking about how, the manager does have to like draw the line sometimes, right? Or at least I think the manager's job is like a fact giver, right? Just to make sure you can download all the information on your ideas. But it is imperative, right, for us as managers to make sure that like you bring all the ideas to the table because you never know which one of those is going to be like the million dollar idea type of shit.
0: You have to be like, no, we can't actually put you on the moon. Well, we can, music but here's how much it's going to cost you. I like the idea and the concept of no idea is a bad idea is a good one. Like the, the you know, the idea behind it is great because it's like when I'm making beats, you know, I got to make like several beats before there's one where I'm like, this is the fucking one right here. There are bad ideas though. And there are <laughs> bad beats. but But you don't want to discourage people from presenting bad ideas or bad beats because eventually you do come up on one that is the one, you know? Yeah.
1: How do you think that message is like best delivered though? Right. So is it, cause I'm like a very matter of fact guy. And I feel like that gets me into trouble sometimes when I'm like working with creatives. Right. And just giving them the down low as far as like, yo bro, like, yeah, that music video idea is cool. But like, here's all that actually goes into executing that idea and the cost associated with that. How do you think it's best to actually, it's a balance. Deliver that. Because you can't be overly agreeing that
0: it's a great idea if it's not doable, but you also don't just want to shoot them down, you know, to the point where they're not even excited to share ideas anymore. So that that's a tricky one. And I don't envy you yeah. for having to deal with that.
1: I think the interesting part that we talked about with Wiley was that like, there's a difference when the manager might also be an investor and mm. funding these Money complicates Ideas, everything. Of course. Money always yeah, complicates it. Yeah. Because like it's easy for me who has taken a pretty, you know, firm stance recently of like I'm not your angel investor, I'm not your finance guy, I'm not your money guy. Yeah. I'm here to, you know, work with what budget you you know, have currently, obviously I'm here to try and help you find funding eventually, right. When the deal makes sense, but like, I'm not here to be your label and like finance your career right now. Right. I think it makes it a lot easier for me to maybe just give them the down low and like, then they can proceed as they wish. Right. You know, the creatives, but
0: I think I would trust you more knowing that you weren't financially invested. Like, all right, well, he has no reason to like feel one way or the other. He is genuinely trying to help me
1: because it's my money. It's yeah, what they, you know, like you know, what the argument would be, like, hey, okay, like, cool, he's telling me that like I can spend however I want, but you know, he it's would not, not recommend his money. It as, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, for no. sure, for sure. So, I was listening to an interview with the author. I think his name's like Joe Scaglino. I don't know some fucking Italian shit. Italian. <laughs> yeah, it
0: sounds Italian. And
1: sorry, Joe. I'm butchering your name, but he wrote a book called Rap Capital. Uh, like the story of Atlanta or something. I, I can't remember exactly the title, but essentially, he's a New York Times author and he has had, like, super access to, like, QC's whole label, like, Marlo, Lil Baby. What you type know, of
0: access are we talking about?
1: I'm talking, like, he would just go spend days with these rappers and, like, go to the mall with them, hang out with them, meet their parents, you know, whatever, right? Like, he's he's written some pretty, like, incredible stories and pieces just for the New York Times, but then he embarked on this, you know, journey when COVID hit to basically write this, you know, long-form book that documents all of like kind of the, you know, recent history of hip hop in Atlanta specifically. Right. Mm. Um, and and it, it was really fascinating. One thing that he mentioned was, you know, that young, or like that rap is a young man's sport. And like, that was like a theme he kept hearing like over and over again. And he even said like, who is one of your favorite rappers who's like old stuff? Like when he, or like their stuff when they're older is actually like your favorite stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, I hear she you. She just was like, bro, it just doesn't, it's not
0: there. I would agree with that. Um, sadly, you know, it's always, it's it's kind of the mentality of the market. It's like the fans always want the newest, coolest thing. Like they're never satisfied. It blows my mind that future is like 38 years old. Yeah. For example, I still consider him like, you know, in the game, he's a goat. Like he's part of what's going on. Everything he drops matters right now. But it's like, also, he's 38. Like, the kids are listening to so fego. They're not listening to Future like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it makes me feel old sometimes. But that is, you know, I think he's onto something for sure. Yeah. Shout out Joe.
1: Yeah, and, and, and then another point he brought up was that, like, you know, people aren't listening to new music as much, bro. So, like, if someone drops a project, like, even, you know, we talked about, you know, 21 Savage and Drake's project last week, her loss. We're going to be listening to that for maybe a month and then literally not give a fuck about it. I think, it was his argument. was his I, argument? Sure. And it's not a bad one. That, I, think, I think we'll be listening to that one longer than Drake's last. But he basically said that, like the average listener still, if you go look at their fucking like listening history, yes. you're gonna find catalog shit, meaning like older music that's been out for a significant period of time that you keep going back to, keep going back to. yeah. Like he just said that, like whatever, for whatever reason it is that like right now, we're listening to new music, maybe. But then we're just not sinking in, and like I think it's a combination. Mariki value. It's
0: a combination of two things: one, the ever decreasing attention spans of humans. Yeah, we are always on to the next thing. It's just like takeoff thing, you know. You know, we're boom. He had his funeral. Everyone's on to the next thing. But also, the amount of music that drops is astronomical compared to like twenty years ago. You want to drop an album how much money you have to spend? Timbaland talked about this in his recent uh, interview with Producer Grind. They were like, yeah, we heard you you used to get like 50, 100K for a beat. And he was like, now like 300, 500K for a beat. Wow. Because like you're coming to me. We're curating this. We're doing this from scratch. We're going to make this a hit for you. And now it's so easy to make beats and make music. It's like that's unheard of to pay anyone anywhere near that amount For production. Yeah. You know I mean? I I mean, that'd be great if anyone wants to pay me for that. Hit (laughs) me up. My DMs are open. (laughs) So.
1: No, for sure. I mean, I I think that the point with that, that he made was similar in that it's tough for us to digest all this shit. Yeah. To know where to even like, we're getting fucking like thrown a million things our way where it's like, you almost get frustrated where you're just like, fuck it. I'm just listening to the shit I know hits that I was into, you know, several years ago during my high school days, wh- whatever the case may be. And that's like I think contributing into it as well is that like it's over, it's it's like music overload where like overstimulation. Yeah. Where the easiest thing, and I catch myself doing this with even like, shit, even like TV shows, bro. Yeah. There's so many fucking TV shows out there. Yet I've still found myself like going back to like my tried and true shows. Yeah. That I don't know. I guess it might be the same thing where it's like I'm just. The options are too much. Where do you see this being? Where do you see us being in like 20 years when it's really there? I'm hoping that the um, technology for curation continues to improve, meaning that like it's going to know for real. No, I know it's like get it's getting there, but I think it's going to like really hit more than we know. Exactly. Where it's going to be like this. This is a guaranteed smash for Ben. This is a guaranteed smash for Henry. You know what I mean? It's terrifying kind of, isn't it? I kind of, I kind of look forward to it, to be honest of like, just, you know, on a silver platter getting served music. I know I'm going to, or that they know I'm going to like, I mean, humans are just going to be like
0: floating on like a, like a, a little flying saucer and never have to move and just food, music, content movie. Well, <laughs> it's well, it's going to be so sad. No,
1: it's interesting you say that. I was also <laughs> listening to, you know, a uh, a Joe Rogan interview and I can't remember even who it was with, but I think it was like Theo Vaughn or something like hilarious. Right? Love Theo. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> Theo's the um, so they talked about like the concept of aliens. Right. And there's a lot of theories that our archetype for an alien really is just going to be A human like cyborg, right? Like the way that we're evolving to like the picture you just painted of like, we're just this character that's just like getting technology inserted into us and like whatever. He's like, that's what I think we thought aliens were, but really it's just fucking us like a (laughs) hundred years down the road. And I found that, I found that like so interesting Yeah, that I was like, damn, like they're kind of onto something. They are onto something. Yeah.
0: Okay. Real quick. So on the way back from Athens, so in Athens, I stopped at Raisin Cane's. Have you been to Raisin Cane's? Not even. No?
1: No, I I didn't even know we had them in like our geography. They're not in Atlanta, but uh, yeah, there's
0: one in Athens. And yeah, it's kind of like a Zaxby's. No, I know of it for sure. I've heard it's fire. Great tenders. They have like four items on their menu. I just kind of want to, yeah. Well, if you don't know anything about
1: it, then now we're not talking about it, but shout out to their tenders. They're fire. (laughs) (laughs) There is something to be said though for like. Less options, you know, it's kind of like the music thing. It's like, shit, some at some point, there's too many fucking options. This is what's good. And like two of the four options are like different amounts of chicken tenders. Wow. Of the four options, there's a three piece and a five piece tender. <laughs> Amazing.
0: And it's funny because uh, Zaxby's, I think, apparently originated in Athens. 100% headquartered but, in Athens. But there's, uh, yeah, but they got the Raisin Canes out there.
1: They also have a Chick fil A and many other chicken establishments. <laughs>
0: Let's leave it on that note. Let's leave the, it on that note. Chicken. Until next
1: week, Henry, we <laughs> are getting out of here one more time. Show episode two. It's a wrap. Peace. Peace. One more time.